0: Hey, this is Pastor Sam, and thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. So this morning, we're going to start a discussion that's going to be a two-week discussion. Uh, This week kind of sets the stage, and then next week we're going to do a little bit more um, application for what we're talking about. But we're talking about margins margins. And so I'll tell you what that is in just a second, but I want to start off by asking some rhetorical questions. And these questions are rhetorical because we all probably have the same answer. And so I don't expect you to answer them. But the question is, how many of you feel stressed? Right? You know how they say that God is good and you say all the time, all the time, God is good. How many feel stressed all the time, all the time we feel stressed, right? Um, How many of you feel stressed? I mean, there's so much to do, but so little time to do it, right? With with work and if you have kids, especially little kids at home. I was talking with my wife this last week and I was like, I don't see how people do this. We have kids that go to different schools and there's drop off times at different times and pick up times at different times. And you have dog appointments and then you have doctor's appointments and then you get everything mixed up and you take your kids to the vet thinking that they're getting shots and you're like, what? Like, what is happening in my life right now, right? It's, it's insane with schedules and money and all this stuff. And then how many of us feel financial tension, right? That's another one. All the time, God is good, right? This financial tension, especially with the holidays coming up, we have the extra expense of like presents and travel and different dinners that we have to have for our family and all these extra things that just kind of pile on and add up. And add up, one more question. How many of you wish that you had more time for yourself? Right? You had more time for yourself to actually do the things that are really important and that really matter to you. Or how many of you wish that you had more time for others? You know, you know these people that you want to invest in. You know these different situations that know, you know it needs attention. How many of you wish that you had that time to give to others? But the problem is, there's always more. right? There's always more. There's always more that has to be done. There's always more purchases. There's always more things. There's always more stuff to do at work. There's always more church. There's always more stuff to do at church. There's always more kids' activities. There's always more sports activities and school activities and doctor's appointments and this and that and more 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 until we're walking around like we're exhausted all the time. We're walking around like we're tired and exhausted all the time, and we live at this crazy and what I would suggest unbiblical pace, our lives. It's crazy busy, crazy fast, and there's very little room for margin. There's very little space set aside for margin. Because I have a hunch that if we asked most people in the room, we said, hey, are you really enjoying life? Some people would say yes, but I think most of us, if we said, are you really enjoying life or are you just moving from one thing to the next? Are you moving from one event to the next event? One, one uh, you know, job responsibility to the next and this to that, this to the next. I think the answer would be, no, I'm not enjoying life and I don't have time to talk about it right now. Right? I mean, if we're being honest, many of us are, are working at this breakneck speed and it's insane. And so there's this pastor in Atlanta who defines margins and he says this, he says, margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. Margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. So it's this idea that if you have $100 and you have a bill that's $80, you have a $20 margin. Does that make sense? So you only need $80 of the $100 to to, to create this space of margin. And so you're like, sweet, I got $20 extra, right? That's the idea. There's this pastor over in Oklahoma City, and he defines margins as the difference between what you have and what you need. The difference between what you have and what you need. And so if you have 20 minutes to get somewhere, but it only takes 15 to get there, you have a five-minute margin. You have a five-minute window, a five-minute space for you, for some wiggle room, right? Does that make sense? So that's this concept of margins. And so how does it play out in everyday life? What do margins look like practically? Well, it's showing up five or 10 minutes to a meeting early, Showing up five or 10 minutes early from when you're supposed to be there so you don't walk in frazzled and taking off your coat as you're walking in and saying, Okay, guys, sorry, I'm here. Yeah, all right, let's do this. It's setting aside that little window of saying, Hey, I'm going to cool myself. I'm going to collect myself. I'm going to be prepared for this. And I'm going to go in with excellence, right? It's setting aside that time. It's having money left over at the end of the month. What did he just say? Is that a real thing? Does that happen? having financial margin is having money left over at the end of the month where we're not spending every single penny that enters into our homes or even the pennies that the credit card companies are lending us. Um, Margin is not living at the edge of morality at all times. It's not looking at towing the line, maybe if you're in a dating relationship and saying, okay, well, this is as close as I can get before, you know, this is as close as I can get, so I'm just gonna tow that line. Right? Or even not, or in business. Okay, this is not like totally 100% upstanding, but it's not like totally 100% illegal either. So I'm just going to kind of dance in this gray area. Margin is setting up boundaries and guardrails and saying, I'm not going to tow the line. I'm going to put a little bit of buffer between me and the line. I don't want nothing to do with the line or anything on the other side of the line. Or maybe it's having three or four nights in your week where nothing is on your schedule. Where you schedule Nothing. So that you can create a space and time for margin, for rest, for just being, so you're not going at such a breakneck speed all the time. Having margins is simply having time to think, having time to reflect, having time to dream. So often we don't have time to think or reflect or dream about anything because we're going from one thing to the next, move, 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 move. It's simply creating a space to do that. And it could be creating a space to have some significant time with God. Not just, I'm praying before our meals. Thank you, Jesus, for this food. We love you. Amen. But it's actually carving out significant time with God where we don't feel like that has to be stressed or pressured as well. Simply put, margin is something that most of us do not have. Margin is something that's not part of most of our lives. And the thing is, uh, someone said this a long time ago, and now it's become a meme and it's become everything else. I don't even know where it originated, but I've, I've said it in the last month to somebody. I said, if Satan can't make you really, really bad, he'll make you really, really busy. Because that's like the next best thing. Because we don't have time. We don't have margin for God. We don't have time to help people. We don't have time to help ourselves. We don't have time for anything. We're too busy for all that we got to keep moving, got to keep moving forward. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to look at a story um, in the book of Luke. And in this story, it's interesting. These two women have the same opportunity. They have the same amount of time. One of them creates space for God to speak. The other doesn't. The other is distracted. The other is moving at a breakneck speed, like many of us do day in and day out. And so I want to look at this and allow it to speak to us this morning. So let's pray together. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity that we have just to to sing songs corporately together. I mean, it's so edifying to the soul to hear your brothers and sisters singing praise and adoration to God. And God, this morning, as we open your word and we allow it to speak to us, I pray that you would soften our hearts and you'd open our minds, that you'd make us receptive to what you have for us this morning. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. In Luke chapter 10. Verses, uh, 38, verses 38 through 42. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read from there. I think it'll be, on, yeah, it'll be on the screen. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had said. But Martha was what? Distracted. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will be not be taken away from her. You see, these women had the same exact opportunity here. They had the same opportunity to experience Jesus. Jesus. They had the same opportunity to encounter God. And Mary created a moment. Mary had stuff to do. Mary had pressing responsibilities, just like like Martha did. But Mary said, you know what? I'm deciding in this moment that I'm going to put those things off, and I'm going to enjoy Jesus, because that's more important. That's more important. That's paramount in this moment. And in verse 40, it tells us it says, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Sounds a lot like us, distracted and wigging out, running around like a chicken with her head cut off. I mean, if Jesus was coming to my house, I'd be like, you should see me on house church Wednesday. I'm not kidding. When there's a house, when we have house church at my house on Wednesdays, I mean, Amber, what time do we start? Like two o'clock in the afternoon? We start at like two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm vacuuming places I didn't even know I had in my house. I'm like, but what if someone moves this couch and looks, you know, and we were just like cleaning like, cra- so I get it, I, I, I get where our head's at, but oftentimes I feel like we're working so hard and so hard for Jesus that we miss Jesus. We're preparing for him to come, we're preparing for him to do something, but he's here now and he wants to encounter us, but we're so busy that we miss it. We're so scatterbrained and all over the place and distracted that we miss it. And the thing is, the things that were, distracting, that were distracting Martha, they were good things, you know? It was good to prepare for Jesus to come. It was good to clean the house. It was good to do all of this stuff because, you know, Jesus is here. But the thing is, these good things were distracting her from the best thing. And oftentimes, that's the case in our lives. We get distracted by all these good things. It's good for my kids to play sports, The best thing is for us to interact as a family and spend time together as a family. I can't allow the good things to distract me from the best things. Does that make sense? And so when we're going through our lives and we're doing an inventory of how we spend our time and we're doing an inventory of our commitments, you're going to look at some of the stuff and say, but this is good stuff. And that's okay. It can be good stuff, but is it taking away from the best stuff? Because there's only so much time. How are we leveraging our time? How are we using our time? And are we creating space for God to move in our time? And the thing is, Martha thought she was totally justified. She thought she was totally right. And a lot of us are gonna push back on this and say, no, 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 I have to live this way. This is the way that it is. Everybody's living this way, whatever. But in verse 40, uh, Martha says this, she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? She says, tell her to get off her butt and help me. I mean, she comes at Jesus like that. Jesus is like, slow your roll. I'm Jesus, okay? Let's, let's figure this out. But she comes at him, she wholeheartedly thought that she was doing the right thing. She's like, I'm working my tail off here and there she is being lazy. Take my side, justify my busyness, justify what I'm saying. And Jesus comes back and he says, listen, you're choosing the good over the best. Because he comes back in verse 42 and he says, Mary has chosen What is better? Mary has chosen what is better, and so this morning, what I want to do, just to kind of spark this conversation, and I really want you to think about it this week. I really want you to digest it this week and kind of put it into play this week. But this morning, I want to suggest that we should create time in our lives for God to speak. We should create time and space in our lives for God to lead us, for God to direct us. And the next week, we're going to talk about scheduling margin and financial margin. And that's going to be a lot of nuts and bolts and all of that. But I'm going to make some biblical suggestions regarding margin. But the reality is many of us are convinced that the way we live is necessary and that the way we live is right. And so it's going to be hard to hear some of this stuff. Because we think you have to be that busy and that you have to be involved in all this stuff and that your kids have to play every single sport at the same time while going to a tutor and joining a robotics class and being on the school council. They have to do all of that or else they're not going to be a well-rounded individual. And we're going to be convinced That these good things are paramount and you're going to think, well, Sam, this is the way we have to live because busyness equals success. If I'm not going like crazy at all times, then I'm not accomplishing anything. And if I'm not accomplishing anything, then I'm not winning. And if I'm not winning, I'm not an American, by golly. Right? I mean, that's the reality of it because we've conditioned ourselves that this is the way that we live, you'll be completely convinced that more is necessary and you'll be completely, completely convinced because everyone around you is doing the same thing but we're also completely forgetting the passage in scripture that says broad is the road and wide is the path that leads to destruction. And scripture says that many people are on it but it also says small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and few people find it. So just because everybody else is walking around at breakneck speed, going like crazy, going, 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 doesn't mean that it's God's best. It doesn't mean that that's necessarily the way that God has designed and called his people to live this life. Because I don't believe that he's called us to jump from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. I think he's called us to be good stewards of everything, including our time, including our commitments in every area of life and I think margin is essential and necessary for that to happen. Paul says in uh, Romans 12, chapter 2, or verse 2, you know, Paul's this church planner from the first century, he's responsible for writing most of the New Testament. And we use this passage a lot in the last series we did, Jesus for President. And in the first part of it, he says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, and then he goes on, You know, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind but he says don't conform to the pattern of this world it's just another reminder listen just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean that that's God's best it doesn't mean that that's what's for his people my mom used to say all the time well if everybody else was jumping off a bridge would you jump too like no mom shut up but it's the same it's the same kind of concept right did your mom say something like that as well coming up or am I the only one that had a mom from Alabama okay everyone okay you guys as well But what we're talking about this week and next week, listen, it can potentially rock your world. It can potentially change everything, but here's the deal. It's your choice. It's your decision. It's your call. I can stand up here and talk until I'm blue in the face, but ultimately, you have to make the decision. You have to look at your own life. You have to do an inventory and say, am I overcommitted? Am I running around like crazy? Do I have adequate time to spend with the things that are super really important to me? Do I have time to spend with God? Do I have time to spend with my family? Do I have time to spend caring for myself? Do I have time to spend caring for others? And if we don't, then we need to look at the good things in our life and make room for the best things in our life. Make room for the best thing, which is God to speak to and through us. And so my challenge at the onset of this series, at the onset of this two-week discussion, what I'm challenging and calling for you guys to do is try to create margin in your overcommitted, overbooked, overstressed lives. And scripture speaks directly to this. In, in the book of Psalms, it says in Psalm 46, 10, he says this, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know That I am God When's the last time you were still Right When's the last time you were still And you just sat Or you just stood Or you were just there Not doing Not creating You were just there In Psalms it says be still And know that I am God Many of us don't even know how to be still I'm I'm one of those people you know I'm not standing up here with my long bony finger of the law like casting judgment I'm right there with you okay four kids two puppies a bunch of side hustles doing the church thing I mean it's insane right yeah side hustles okay I gotta make some money gotta, gotta do what I gotta do okay all right no judgment here right this is a judgment-free zone but I'm right there with you okay And I'm one of those guys that doesn't like grass growing underneath me. You know, I'm moving at all times. I'm always doing something, always thinking something, always whatever, right? So I'm right there with you. I know it is difficult for someone like me to be still. It is difficult for someone like me to just say, no, I'm going to just be for a minute. And I knew I was talking about this today. And so I did this yesterday and I'm not kidding you. It almost drove me crazy. Like yesterday, I didn't leave my house. For those of you that know me, that's a big deal. Like I did not leave my house yesterday until about 11:30. I couldn't take it anymore. And I went to Taco Bell, but <laughs> I was like, I was literally going bonkers. You can ask my wife. I was like, Do you need anything? I'll go to the store. Do you need anything? And it's like, ah, just, just Sam, be still. But many of us we don't know how to do that. Many of us we can't stand doing that. We can't stand being still. It drives us crazy. Many of us don't even know what it's like to be still because we've never taken the time to do that. And so my challenge for us this week. As we prepare next week to talk about financial margin and scheduling margin and some nuts and bolts and the practicality of how this looks, my challenge this week is for you to take five minutes, create five minutes of margin every day. There's 1,440 minutes in a day, five of margin, five minutes of margin every single day and see if it doesn't radically transform your life. See if it doesn't radically transform the way you approach life. See if it doesn't radically transform. At least the baby steps in radical transformation. Because again, there's 1,440 minutes in a day. So five minutes, that's not a big percentage. But I challenge you to take five minutes every day and don't produce anything. Don't produce anything. Don't do anything. Don't say anything anything. Don't text. Don't swipe. Anything. Just be. Be a human being, not a human doing. Just be. Be still and know that I am God. Five minutes every single day. And live out this Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God because I believe that if we do this for a week straight, we're going to see a difference. We're going to see a change when we're left just there with our thoughts and with God. We're going to, see, we're going to create space for God to speak to us. Because many of us say, I don't hear the voice of God. Sam, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't hear that. My, my prayer life sucks. Well, it's because you're doing it while you're cooking and you got screaming kids and the TV's on and the radio's going. Of course you don't hear God. Listen, I'm not not saying he can't speak louder than that, but we're not setting ourselves up for success. But if we took five minutes and did nothing, absolutely nothing, and just said, I'm here and I'm gonna be here and I'm gonna set a timer on my phone because this is driving me absolutely insane and at five minutes and one second, I'm getting up, but I'll be here for five minutes. And we open ourselves up to that and allow God to speak to us, I'm convinced that you'll experience God in a whole new way, that you'll experience God on a whole new level, and that you will have, you know, we hear about that peace that surpasses understanding. Start with five minutes and see where it goes from there. And so this morning, what I want to do, as we talk about creating margin for God to speak and change and work in our lives, I want to do that together. Because some of us are like, five minutes, what's that even like? So this morning, what I want to do is we're going to sit for five minutes. We're going to sit for five minutes and do nothing. We're not going to sing songs. I don't want you on your phone, texting, swiping, doing all this, doing all that. Oh, Sam, I'm taking notes. No, you're not. I'm not saying anything. Okay? I want you to do nothing. I want you to just be for five minutes. There's a counter on the back. So if you're super stressed, you can look at that. But then the band's gonna come in after five minutes of sitting and doing nothing and we're gonna sing some songs of praise and adoration to God together. But I want us to feel what this feels like to create this little margin, to create this little space for God to move, to be intentional about our time and say, God, use me, speak to me, work through me. Let's do this thing. So for some of you, this is gonna be super creepy and super weird. Don't be creeped out. If you need a five-minute nap, take a five-minute nap. You know? In this space of margin, there needs to be rest. There needs to be dialogue with you and God, and sometimes there needs to just be sitting and listening. And that's okay. So don't be creeped out by this. It's just five minutes. You can make it. Two commercials. Okay? You can make it. Five minutes we're going to spend together, and the band's going to come in and lead us. But I want to challenge you that we need to create margin for God to speak We need to create margin for God to lead us, for God to speak to us, for him to guide us, for him to move us, and for him to change us. And so let me pray with you really quick, and then we're gonna just be for five minutes. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for sending your son to bridge the gap between a holy God and a broken humanity. And I thank you that you call to reconcile all things. And Lord, in that process, I pray that we would set ourselves up for success. I pray that we would set ourselves aside and make ourselves available to be used by you. You want to use us. You want to speak to us. You want to move us and guide us and direct us. God, I pray that we would open ourselves up and be available to you. And God, as we set aside this just five minutes, I pray that you'd send your Holy Spirit to do business in our hearts and in turn do business in our lives. We love you, we praise you, we adore you. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, challenged you, and that you experience true life change. Make sure you head over to iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc.